0: hey everybody and welcome to the ifreak show today on our panel we have michael holt hello everyone and evan stone hello evan you've been on the show in the past but this is your first time sitting in on the panel can you uh, introduce yourself
1: sure yeah uh so i'm evan stone and uh uh i am a uh iOS developer and uh, consultant here in the uh, the North Bay area of San Francisco. So, um, and uh, yeah, I've been doing iOS since about 2011, and uh, I also have uh, a different uh, another uh, podcast called iOS Dev Break that is uh, sporadic but uh, fun to do also. But uh, anyway, thank you for having me on today. Appreciate it.
2: This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io.
0: Great, always great to have some some new blood uh, in the panel. So keep things interesting. Um, hi, my name is James Zuber. I'm hosting the show today. And we have a guest. Please
3: welcome Katsume. Hi, I'm Katsume. Um, I was a developer in Japan, um, also an uh, open source library creator. Um, as you may know, um, my most famous library is a uh, keychain access is a wrapper. Uh, about kitchen API. Um, also, uh, if you like, uh, like to um, play with uh, Swift syntax, um, I host a uh, Swift SD Explorer in the uh, live viewer Swift SD on the web. Uh, that's it for me. Thank, thank you.
0: Okay, so you've been. Pretty busy, and drop some drop the URLs to some of your projects in the show notes so people can can find them.
3: Yeah, um, I mean,
0: so but we brought you on the show because one aspect of what you've been working on is pretty cool. When you told me about it, I got pretty excited. Um, so everyone was at Dub Dub in 2019, and not everyone, but we were paying attention. And we all saw the co- compositional layout for the collection views. We were all excited until we figured out that it only supports iOS 13. But Katsumi was not content to sit around and wait for iOS 13. He went, in for, he, went, he went ahead and he created a library to backport this to iOS 12 and iOS 11 as well?
3: Yes. Okay. Hopefully, I will, um, I will implement it for the iOS 10. Okay. Hopefully. Possibly back to iOS 10. Yeah. into the into the dark ages.
0: <laughs> so tell us um, how did you get started with this project? What 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 made this difficult?
3: Um yeah. Um I thought uh, it is difficult and uh, it is um not to able to be done. But uh, I started to implement this um it is more easier than I thought, um most features are done, and the left tasks is uh, some trivial features and the performance issues yeah um, so it, existing uh, corrections uh, correction view API is so flexible, so um I can implement it it more easily than okay. I thought. Yeah.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about some of the the features that you implemented into compositional layout.
3: Yeah, um, compositional layout is a new way to building the collection view layout, uh, custom collection view layout. So earlier than iOS twelve, if we try to building custom collection layout, which we must subclassing the collection layout and uh, overrides tons of the method, and uh, it is not easy to use. So we, most people, including me, um, don't know, can't know, can't understand the what, um, what should, should I implement, or which method should be overrided yeah so it is very difficult to build custom layout and it's error prone so apple's introduces new api to building the custom collection layout uh, that is a compositional layout compositional layout is a completely new way to building the custom collection layout um, it like configure, um composition means uh, small layout, comp- we can composite small layout to the full layout. um It's like configure the layout, the building the layout. So um, it is incredibly easier to build the custom collection layout. Okay, probably, probably see the the code, um, yeah,
0: okay. What are some like cool features that this allows you to do easier?
3: So collection view layouts has a concept. Um, collection layouts, e collection collection uh, composition layouts split the collection layout, uh, section, group, and item. Um section has a group and group has item, and group, group can be nested. Um, so we composite item and group, and also we, uh, conventional layout has uh, multiple sections. Um, we can build custom collection layout with uh, small parts. It makes easier than subclassing the collection layout class.
0: Okay. Uh, well that, that makes a lot of sense. So how if someone wants to use this, they can go to your your GitHub and we'll put a mm-hmm. link in the show notes so people can find it. I'll drop it in
3: there. Um if people want to use the your new layout, what do they how do they do it? We use compositional layout. Um the layout has a section, single section or multiple section. And the section has a single group. And group has uh, multiple items. Uh, each group or items on size. The size can be specified uh, absolute or ratio. So uh, with the, the compositional layouts, mm-hmm. uh,
1: it sounds like you can have. Uh, you you said you can have fixed sizes or proportional. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, either is either can be specified uh, proportional or absurd, yes. Fixed, yes. So, collection with flow layouts or sub- subclassing collection with layouts, um, proportional layout is quite difficult because um, it it must be, re- it must return UI collection layout attribute, uh, UI collection attribute has a frame or bounds, um, it should be a fixed value. But the compositional layouts should be specified the uh, uh, professional or fixed value. Okay,
0: so I'm 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 curious about um, the section on your page. Says copy IBP Collection View Compositional Layout mm-hmm. uh, Layout Layout interoper, uh, Interoperability Swift to your project. It tricks the compiler to make the same code base available for iOS 13 and earlier.
3: Yeah, uh, what does um, that
0: mean? How does you trick the compiler?
3: It's a simple object mechanism um, using uh, compatibil- compatibility areas, compiler directive, um, and for Swift, um, just use a type areas. Uh, so, iOS in, on iOS 13, we can use ns collection layout size or ns collection layout item that these classes uh, introduce ios13 so on ios12 with these classes not defined so i prepared the compatibility areas or type areas the same class name for the ios audio ios12 then we can use these classes on iOS 12, but on iOS 13, of course, the these compatibility areas or type type areas are conflict because iOS 13 exists in these classes. So um, on iOS 13, disable um, these type areas or compatibility compatibility areas are disabled, and on initializer, on when iOS 13, it returns the system classes. So earlier, the iOS 12, the initializer returns the back-ported, backported classes I implemented. On iOS 13, it returns the UIKit classes.
4: That sounds amazing, so that we can keep using this library even even throughout, um, as soon as iOS 13 is released as well. Is that correct?
3: Yes, correct. So uh, on iOS 12, um, we can use uh, the library's class. And uh, if the application's running on the iOS 13, it's automatically switch the class the UIKit system APIs, so just dropping replacement, we we cannot worry about the which class is used. It's automatically switched running on iOS 12 or iOS 13. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, <clears throat> I'm curious, what's your
4: what's your roadmap for this? for this uh, for this repository. What, you, what are you planning to implement, and when are you planning to implement it? I, I see you've got some to do still to do.
3: When? Um, I, uh, hopefully, almost all features are implemented in this month. The left feature I've implemented is uh, pinned section header footers and uh, flexed press spaces. Um, after suppose is probably um probably can uh can be done um yeah and also currently uh there is no performance optimization so um it is also down in this month. Uh, because next month or October most developers prepare migrate iOS 13. So I hope all, all features are implemented in this month, probably. That sounds like a great plan, um, because then, like you
4: were saying, uh, developers can start using it as soon as possible, even before iOS 13 is even released, right?
3: Yeah, yes.
4: So I'm, I'm taking a look at the code here,
0: and one thing that is unusual for new projects is I'm seeing this is this is all Objective-C and not Swift. What what caused that decision?
3: Um, because um, UIKit is written in Objective-C, and so uh, it is implemented more easier in Objective-C than Swift. And as I mentioned, as I mentioned before, um, I uh, I want to make this library drop-in replacement, so automatically switched iOS on iOS executing iOS twelve or iOS thirteen. Um, probably Swift is uh, a very statically typed language. Um, I think that automatically switching the class features can be can be achieved in Swift. So. Uh, that's why i implement it in objective c
0: okay that makes sense so yeah if you dig into the code say there's like one um, one class you're doing is the ns collection layout size and you look at the constructor here if if, if it's available ios 13 you're mm-hmm. actually calling the ns class from a string uh, putting the class name and doing it that way so you're actually returning the the same type as you mentioned before um, but it was, was kind of cool how you did that. And so it looks like in most of these classes, you're calling NSClassFromString. from
3: string. Yeah.
0: Um, otherwise, you're returning your own object, which behaves
3: similarly. Yes, exactly. Okay.
1: Were there any special challenges that you faced in in backporting this to iOS 12 and iOS 11?
3: Yeah. Um, the most challenging things... Uh, Orthogonal scroll, orthogonal scroll is a big f- features in co- co- collection with compositional layouts. Um mm-hmm. orth- orthogonal scrolling feature is it achieve the nested scroll view, like the collection view, our collection. Uh, for example, a collection view is a vertical scroll, and some sections has a nested collection view. It's scrolled horizontally. Um, in formal iOS 12, it should be implemented. Much, Of course, we can use multiple collection view, and collection view in collection view, or collection view in scroll view. Um, but using uh, compositional layout, it can be done. One uh, setting, just one property, um, sections dot orthogon- orthogonal scrolling behavior. Uh, orthogonal scrolling behavior has some kind of enum. Default is none. And continuous and continuous grouping boundary and paging paging centering. Um, anyway, uh, if if we set the orthogonal scoring behavior, um, it's magically collection view has uh, nested collection view automatically. Uh, it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, so. It is very challenging things um i'm yeah um j- just selling the one property um it becomes collection bill and nested yeah that's yeah that seems pretty difficult for me, but uh it already implemented it, yeah. yeah. I see you have an example
1: of that on the GitHub page. Uh, the second uh, example shows the orthogonal scroll there, and that does look, look looks very impressive. Um, yeah. So quite a challenge. It reminds me sort of, you know, sort of the like a, the Netflix layout where you have a, a scrolling collection view with rows that can scroll back and forth. And it sounds like it, that would make implementing something like that uh, very easy, and it also looks to me like those uh, the row that scrolls horizontally. In this case, uh, it also is composed. Also, so you can have one large and then two small, and then one large and then two small, and, and so forth. So uh, that that's that's pretty awesome.
3: Yeah. So um, I recommend to watch the Apple's W session. About that, about the compositional layout, um, that session said uh, Apple's App Store app team uh, completely overhaul App Store app using the compositional Layouts. and they said thanks to the compositional layout, um, a huge. They, they can reduce a huge of code because apps, iOS App Store app has a, nested, a lot of the nested collection view are used. Yeah, so
1: you could see where that would be a real advantage, especially if you're using these a lot in your design, and Apple does that. And uh, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's very cool. Yes. And then to have, it, have that impact the size you know, of your code base. Also, if you have to do a lot of work to get to implement something like this, uh, you were mentioning before, even, you know, nesting collection views or taking some kind of drastic measure like that, and then being able to jump to something that, that simplifies it to this level, it may, that's very that's a very compelling argument. And then do, doing what you've done to be able to implement that and support that in iOS 12 and 11 and, and sounds like possibly 10 also, um, boy, that's 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 a really great uh, thing that you've done for the community. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, thank you.
0: So, has Apple come and offered you a job yet? <laughs> if, you're doing, if you're doing their work for them, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: they might after this podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so.
0: <laughs> so, what uh, what caused you to say, "Hey, I'm going to create an open source library to do this"? Is this a project you're working on, or for fun, or what caused you to create this?
3: Yeah, for fun, and uh, um, I love the new compositional compositional API. So um, I somehow I use it immediately um, and without waiting the spreading. I was thirteen. That's why I try to implement. You know, working on this project.
0: Okay, and I've noted, I'm going through the list of your other repositories that you've done. You've actually created. Uh, There's keychain access, which I've used. You've got like a spreadsheet (laughs) view. Like you've been pretty busy, so.
3: Yeah, I don't have time to maintain the uh, existing library. So I'm sorry for the users, Yeah, but I try to make a time to maintain the existing library. So hopefully.
0: So how how do you find time to do the work that you have been
3: doing? Um. <laughs> um. I have no idea. Um. I'm. busy, But uh Yeah. Um. Working on. Uh. Weekend.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so nights and weekends.
3: Yes.
1: Very <laughs> cool. That's, that's the old standby, isn't it? Nights and weekends. Get those side projects done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Excellent. So, uh, what else do we miss? What else can we? Should we know?
3: Oh, no, that's all. But uh, can we advertise other my products? Um, yeah,
0: tell us what uh, you're working on. For sure,
3: I host uh, Swift AST Explorer. This is a web application. The this web application visualizes Swift abstract syntax tree. Um, these AST is provided by Swift syntax. Um, I use Swift syntax on server-side Linux. They can post the Swift code snippet, then server-side Swift convert AST to HTML. Then we can see how to parse Swift code into abstract syntax tree. On website, um, side by side.
0: That's, is this is, this is this a web app we can see right now?
3: Yes, uh, can you link? see the link? Yes. There's a link in the show notes. Oh, there we go. It is a uh, helper for the Swift compiler developer or Swift uh, developer for, with Swift syntax, like developing Swift formatter or developing something like linter and so on.
0: Okay, so one application like you just suggested is if I'm doing a code review of someone saying, hey, I don't like this code standard, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll write a linter for it, or don't bother me about this. And I'm like, "Oh crap, how am I gonna do that? Um, this can help you um, dig into yeah. things, inherited type list, inherited type, and kind of help you write your lint. So this is a really cool cool app.
3: Yes, um before I try to implement Swift formatter using the Swift syntax, to do that I should know the how the Swift abstract syntax tree uh how swift ST is um struct broke uh Swift saint how Swift SD represent the struct class or function blocks. We need to know it because um making Swift formatter um I need to know the Swift code how represent the Swift code structures. So I will um so that's why I make it. No, this is really cool. Like you like you can like go through
0: like in your example project, you've got a blackjack card and you're a enum suit character, and you can actually dig into uh, the member declaration list, member declaration list item. It's an enum suit you type inheritance clause. Um, yeah. a lot of cool things. So this can really help you figure out what's happening under the hood because I don't know a lot of the times about the uh, at this level, the, the the syntax tree type stuff. So this is really cool stuff. If anyone's curious on what this looks like under the hood,
1: yeah. Just to back up a, a little bit, so AST is the abstract, abstract uh, syntax tree, correct? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. It just it would be. I I wanted to make sure that I had the right term in my head when we were talking about it, and now it makes sense seeing what has been created here. It's really interesting to go drill down into the code in the left pane and see, or I mean, well, the code is in the left, but then drill down on the right-hand side and see how it's all parsed into its various components. That's fascinating.
3: Yeah. Um, The side-by-side view is uh, very helpful for the, um, what corresponds the ASD structure to the Swift world code. So this is very cool.
0: So anything else we should cover on this before we uh, get to the picks?
3: Yeah. No, that's it. That's it for me. Yeah.
0: Uh, Cool. Let's get to the picks. And we've got a link to the show notes for the Swift ASTX4. Thanks. (laughs) Some good stuff.
1: Evan, do you have a pick for us? Uh, Yes, actually. uh, This is a pick that I've been reserving for quite some time and I've been wanting to share. uh, A lot of folks know about it who have been into Apple and back- History, but it's a book that I dug out recently again after having it been on the shelf for a long time and I hadn't read it. Um, but uh Revolution in the Valley. And uh, you know, it's the Andy Hertzfeld book. And uh so it's it's an awesome little uh I shouldn't say little, uh awesome collection of anecdotes and stories about the creation of the original Macintosh. And uh there's some some great stories in there and uh, so I just thought I'd share that as a pick for this week. Um, great.
4: Uh, Mike, yeah, yeah, what do you have for us? Um so I've got I've got two picks because I, I couldn't choose one. I I just I, <laughs> they're both so awesome. There's um, no limit to picks. Yeah. <laughs> but there it's there's two articles that I found recently that um I've just been really excited to read and, uh, and help me come to some decisions. So the first one is, um, combine versus arc swift, uh, should you switch to combine? And, uh, because ever since they announced it and since I've been, a have actually been an, a reactive swift programmer for, for a couple of years now and I've definitely converted to reactive programming. And I love it and, it and I find excuses to use it whenever I can. Um, but then apple comes out with their with their own version called combine and um, and so now i'm i'm i 'm torn you know should I keep using Reactive Swift or should I switch over to the uh, to apple 's um, sanctioned library now and uh, this this article that I found uh, by uh, quickbirdstudios dot um, does a very good job of of kind of explaining um, it also takes into account Rx Swift as well. So Rx Swift, Reactive Swift, Combine, and um, some of the pros and cons to to each of those. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. Um, so that's that's my first pick. And then the second one is another article uh, about using Swift for scripting, um, which I hadn't even thought about before, uh, because I've written a number of Bash scripts in my time <laughs> for doing things simple and complex and things like build scripts as well as um, just, you know, uh, simple mathematic things and, and various things. And I, and now that uh, Swift has been released and can be used for scripting, I might uh, consider going back and looking at all of my scripts that I've written and, and converting them to Swift <laughs> uh, depending on the situation, because there are some things that are much easier in Swift and there are also, there are also, some other things that are much more difficult in Swift. Um, And so I I think it's still good to weigh the options and look at the, the situation for the script, but uh, it's a really good article. And this one's uh, that gives some really good examples, uh, gives some really good examples and, and some example code, some, some scripts written in Swift that you can, that you can try out um, and start scripting in, in Swift. So those are my picks. Very cool. Uh, Katsumi, um, what are your picks?
0: Um,
3: um, no, I, I have no picks.
0: No picks. Everything is terrible. You heard it from me. Uh, <laughs> um, that's cool. So um, if you want to find out what you're doing on, how can they find you? You have, you have a website, Twitter. How can people get a hold of you?
3: Website? Twitter?
0: Twitter? Do you have a Twitter account? Uh,
3: yeah, I have a Twitter account. Um, okay underscore katsumi um I will I will paste the chat this is my Twitter
0: okay also a website yes kishikawakatsumi.com
3: yes. Oh. yes it's my yeah it's my website
0: okay yeah I wouldn't expect that the abstract syntax tria uh, interpreter viewer would be like the second thing we talked about that'd be kind of the thing throwing in. that was pretty cool um, but thanks a lot for coming on the show I think we learned a lot about what you've been working on and yeah, you've been busy. So, this has been a lot of cool stuff. So, thanks for coming on the show.
3: And yeah, thank you. Thank you.
0: For everyone else, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye bye.
2: <laughs> Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit C A C H E F L Y dot com to learn more.